Welcome to A Better Way with Crossroads Bible Church, a podcast about finding the activity of God in our stories and discovering how Jesus is building His kingdom among us, right here, right now. The goal is to inspire you to see and celebrate God's activity in your own life, too. And now your host, Sherry Hutspeth. Hello, everyone. It's great to be with you again, and I'm sitting here with Kara Martins. Uh, she oversees the ministry to children here at Crossroads, and we are so blessed um, to have her here. Welcome to the podcast, Kara. Thanks so much. It's such a great opportunity. I'm so glad you asked. Mm. I was reflecting on the first time we met, and I don't exactly remember the conversation with your dad, but as he was getting to know me a little bit, he was like, I so want you to meet my daughter. And when he was telling me about what you do, I was like, I would so like to meet her. And we just had the best conversation over at Corner Bakery together. And that was like, I don't know, five, six years ago. It was. It was a long time ago. And then you came to summer class mm-hmm. and I could tell like we were tracking, right? You can just sometimes meet people and you're yes. like, we could go for hours yes. probably. Yeah, we totally could. We totally could. So thank you so much for um, spending time with the Lord, like just thinking about these questions and visiting with me about it um, earlier this week, and so excited to, to ask you these things. So let's get started with this first um, question. How would you describe your spiritual heritage? You know, my parents um, both grew up Methodist um, and families that uh, loved God, but they would both tell you that in college, that was when they really kind of learned that there was more of a personal aspect, a uh, personal relationship with Jesus that you could have. And one of the things I've always thought was cool about that was my house has always been kind of full of um, books and resources, and um, I could pick up books that my parents had read um, in college and beyond, and they'd be marked up and have their notes in the... And so um, I think I've just always been inspired by kind of their learning because, um, you know, when they had us, when we were young, they were still very much kind of at that peak of um, really wanting to grow with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And um, I also understand um, from knowing your dad, too, that you moved around a lot um, when you were a kid. So tell me about how that kind of impacted you. Yes. And so my dad was in the military, so we moved every couple years. And um, so one of the things I totally remember was the house would still be in shambles, like boxes everywhere. But goodness gracious, we'd find those church clothes and uh, go try a church (laughs) that Sunday, right? right? And so... Um, that was just naturally kind of part of what we did. Um, and I think now looking back on it as adult with kids of my own, I think another thing I've realized my parents did again, that they never said out loud. Um, we, a lot of times went to Baptist churches, sometimes non-denominational like this one. Um, but they would find the place, I think a lot of times with the best kids ministry, um, or the best, best youth program, because they really just understood, um, that there was kind of a window of time. Um, and they really wanted us to develop a relationship with God and with other people that loved God besides them. Um, and so I think there were probably years when I think they might've taken one for the team for lack of a better word, I mean, you know, to kind of keep growing on their own, um, making sure that we were at the place where we could kind of grow. And I'm very grateful to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So the next question that kind of tags along with the first one is tell us a time 
when your faith in Christ became really important to you that stands out? So I kind of have a funny and serious mm. kind of two-parter here um, that I think is kind of funny since I work with kids. And so you kind of know this about me. Like I alternate back and forth between church world and education. Like I love kids. I love the way all people learn. Um, so I think it's really funny that when I was four, um, I was in Sunday school. And um, I, I vaguely remember this. And then also this is kind of an epic story in our family. Um, is that I decided I want to ask Jesus into my heart. Um, there's a lot of problems with that phrase. We could discuss at a different time. But I was sure I wanted to ask Jesus in my heart. And so the Sunday school teacher at the time told my mom this. And I think she, the Sunday school teacher was a little bit not sure what to do with this precocious kind of four-year-old. And um, my mom, I think, was also thrown off because I'm the oldest of three, um, you know, the guinea pig. And um, it basically goes kind of that I told him they were being selfish for not helping <laughs> me. And so they both... Um, prayed with me and kind of had a moment. Um, and I think, um, I really do believe um, that that was a beginning of my understanding of my relationship um, with God. I had a friend tell me one time that sometimes there's a difference between if you were like born in the middle of the forest or whether you enter the forest. And so I think I was born in the forest in the sense of my parents raised me in a Christian home. But I do think there was that moment where I understood as much as a four-year-old could understand um, that I needed Jesus and that I wanted him um, and that I didn't want anybody to stand in my way right? of no, making I, that happen quickly. I love how passionate you were and like like you were clued into, if I declare their selfishness, they're right. going to know right. I'm serious I mean, about, I right. really want to do this. And I think that also just leans into, um, from kind of my core, I really do believe that kids and teens too, um, know a lot more about God than they're able to express, um, that sometimes words are hard. And um, so we can really follow them and believe there's more going on than we can understand. And we can trust that God can work it out. Now, I will tell you, though, that when I was in high school, um, my senior year, we moved to a place and really the saving grace about it. I mean, sincerely, the saving grace about it was uh, a youth pastor um, that um, I remember going and it was the first time I, I remember being around somebody that made Jesus sound like a friend, somebody mm -hmm. that he regularly spent time with, that he understood, that he laughed with, that he joked with. Um, he made Jesus seem very real and it was very attractive to me. Um, so I spent a lot of time with him and his wife. Um, and that year, my senior year, I, I think I had more of an ownership kind of decision where I think it really became clear to me as I was making so many decisions about adulthood, um, that Jesus didn't want to just be my eternal kind of safety plan, um, that he really wanted to be in my everyday um, and help me make decisions um, and that he had a plan for me. And then even more than that, he wanted me to take an active part in asking him um, and listening to him um, to determine that plan. So I remember that as a senior too. That I would say that's the second part of when I really became more clear that God had a calling on me. And Yeah, and I love that, you know, early in our faith, a lot of times there's, more reverence and more distance in it because it's just so other mm -hmm. than us. But then the impact of someone who comes into your world that you can just see how personal it is and like relevant to their everyday life. But, 100%. but that captured your attention in a new And way. I believe, um, you know, I have a 18 year old just left for college and I have a 16 year old and I've really seen that in the last two years with them here with Nick and Rachel mm -hmm. and the other leaders that they have yeah. very similarly I didn't have to plan that I was very nervous about them moving over at that age I didn't force it if they wanted to keep going to a different church um, but both of them over time said almost the same type things and the energy of be around being other peers. So I do also think that you and I have talked about this kind of before. There is a developmental th 
thing of when that light bulb can come on for us too. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, I think that 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 can happen in the right conditions for, you know, for youth or whatever, but it really helps when we've got um, leaders that just love Jesus and are so authentic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Compelling. Okay, so the other thing that we want to focus on is like, what is Jesus doing in your life right now that's grabbed your attention, and how did the Lord go about doing that for you? Yeah, you know, I was praying about this a lot, and you know, you pick up ideas and you kind of ask God, like, sometimes I picture myself almost like holding an idea up to God, like, hey, let's look at this from all sides. Like, what do you think? You know, and um, I a couple times, but I just kept coming back to this one. Um, so I really think this is what, um, God really wants me to talk about today. Um, I feel like for a couple years now, I might be slow. I might be a slow learner, but I think this is true of a lot of us is Mm. that sometimes there's kind of an issue and we just, it just doesn't get solved for lack of a better word overnight. And so I think sometimes there's a big encounter, sometimes a painful one or a kind of an impact. And then I think maybe God invites us to keep journeying and to realize how far we still have to go. At least that's true in my life. And so I remember um, really clearly a couple years ago um, with my youngest, uh, who who, he was a couple years younger at the time, we were at an event and um, something happened when he was playing with some other kids and um, another child got hurt. And um, as soon as I found out about it, I went to go check with the other parent, you know, the way you do. Um, but what was different about this situation than any other situation I've been in, you know, even though this is my third child was this parent, um, just really wasn't having any of it, Mm -hmm. um, of the apology of, um, she was convinced that he had done it intentionally. Um, and there was nothing kind of, I could say. And then throughout the day, it just kind of kept spiraling, um, worse of, you know, my child kind of getting the cut direct, then her talking to other parents, her talking to other kids. And, um, it was just rough. It was just really Um, And we were kind of trapped in kind of this event Mm. for multiple hours. Mm. And so at one point, I remember um, he he had just suffered kind of another blow, like right in front of me. And he turned around to look at me. And I thought, I felt God say, like, it doesn't matter if he did it on purpose or not. Like, that no longer matters. He just needs to know you're with him. Like, Mm. you're for him. You believe him. And so Mm. I just scooped him up and I just said, he had tears in his eyes and we kind of cried together. I can remember how it felt, the weight of him, of just of him just crying. We're in a public event and we were just crying. We were we were we were in the same accord. I had joined him in just how hard that situation was um, to not be believed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't his character, it wasn't a pattern that we had seen. Um, and um, you know, he hopped up after a few minutes and he was so connected to me. Um, the eye contact, the, um, it was intense for, he just happily said, thank you, you know, and off he went to go try again while I was still sitting there, you know, just shaking. And, um, not too long after that, um, a friend was talking about the difference between sympathy and empathy and that sympathy is where you're kind of outside of a situation, kind of looking in and, and you do believe those feelings are happening, but empathy is climbing in with somebody to really feel it together. And I think that was like a crucial moment for me because sometimes as a parent, we're just so busy trying to make sure they learn the right lessons and do they need to be consequenced? And, you know, you're managing so many different things, but sometimes they just need us to get in there with them. And, um, that's what God does with us. That was, that was the second corollary as I was sitting there crying in the stands was I felt God saying to me, this is what I do with you. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't try to talk you out of it. 
I don't. Um, there are just moments when he just climbs in with us. There's a verse in the Psalms. I was going to look it up, but it's such a beautiful picture. It's, God says he hymns us in um, in front of us and behind us. And I always think of that as this amazing hug. And um, so I think that's one thing God's been working on me. Um, and I think through the last year and a half, we've all been stretched. Like our resources are really stretched. So online, on the road, in the grocery store, um, people are responding really quickly out of anger. Like even myself, right? Like I have a quicker fuse than I've had. Um, our resources are low mm-hmm. and um, it's really hard for us to believe the best in people. And so I think that's really another kind of reframe with this empathy idea is believing the best, leading with that. Like now I usually have to take a beat and mm-hmm. kind of remind myself what else could be true, you know? What could be going on that I don't know? Um, and trying to respond out of that and that people are doing the best they can mm-hmm. with what they've got. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they may not have a lot in the tank. Yeah. And that's what they're operating out of. And when you can when you can get on that level of they don't have the skills or strategies or right now they don't have um you can you can at least be a little bit more empathetic, I think. Yeah. And you know, there's a difference in the energy level around sympathy and empathy. Yeah. Um and and both are important. Like I think it's interesting that a lot of people are like I don't want your sympathy. Like it, I only am interested in what you have to offer if you're willing to get in here with me. Mm-hmm. But there, and that that's in a you know like an intense kind of situation where there is really need for that kind of thing. But walking around the everyday world thing that you're kind of exploring, like the the exercising sympathy in a way of I'm just willing to look at the pit and mm-hmm. see what else might be going on that I don't immediately see. Mm-hmm. Like it just gives space for the Lord to help. Yeah, and I think that space is the big thing because that's the other phrase that I think God's come back to me and therapists and other people. You know, I always call them echoes in my life. When I'm reading a book or somebody says something, if I hear kind of a different phrase, I call it a God echo, Mm -hmm. you know? And so Mm -hmm. an echo has been holding the space. That's something I think I need to be good at doing as a parent, as a friend, as a coworker, and I'm not always good at it because I am, you know, moving and grooving. I got 19 things on my list like all of us, but is like to picture yourself holding space open for the other person to process, um, not rushing them. Um, and that some of my most powerful moments with friends, with my own parents, um, with counselors or whatever, is that was, it, that was the gift they gave, was they gave time and space and they held it. Um, they didn't rush to answer. They didn't rush to fix it. Um, they didn't rush to give advice. They didn't rush to judge me. They just held the space while I processed. And, um, you know, our youngest, um, we adopted him out of CPS, and we did like 150 hours of training. But one of the strategies they talked about that comes back to my mind a lot, too, is time in versus time out. And I think it has to do with what we're talking about here, is the idea is that the traditional time out is to give somebody a break so they can reset. And hear me, I think that there are times we all, we, I personally need a reset. Um, and there, you've reached the point of no return. Um, but they said before just rushing to that, another strategy would be called a time in. And a time in would be your toddler or your whoever is losing it. I mean, they, they have gone postal. Mm. Um, and instead of casting them away from you, is to literally sit down next to them and be a calm presence. And, um, and you know, when they make eye contact or whatever to name, wow, you must feel really frustrated. Hey, those are really big feelings. Um, it must be really hard right now. You're just naming kind of what you see, and um, there's something different about sitting with a kid. Um, and and what I found is when I can do this, hear me, I do not do it all the time. I that's why we said work in progress. Yes. But when I can do it, 
when I can rush to not fix or to consequence or when I can literally just come up next to them and hold the space and say, wow, this looks like a lot empathetically, heartfelt, zero in on them. Um, this is what I see. Oh gosh, it must be hard. I have watched them start to calm down mm-hmm. um, way faster than if they you know, were stomping on the way to their room, slammed the door, all the things. Um, because somebody is there and I'm just breathing, I might rub a back. Um, you're just staying in the moment. Um, and I think that's, again, God with us. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's one mm-hmm. of his names, God with us, a mm-hmm. comforter. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's just a powerful, whenever we can choose to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think I really lacked coaching around, like, a good purpose for timeout. I think the, the way I kind of interpreted what you're doing with timeout is you go over there and get it together the hundred things I've said to you, the hundred times I've said the one thing, you go sit over there and remember that finally. And when you've got it together, then you come back here and be with me instead of like, you, we just need a break here. Right. And then we need right. to come back together. It goes together back to that resources. It. Like, even yeah. if we did the timeout, we'd say, hey, we both seem to be struggling to make the right choice. We're going to take a break. This is a mutual thing. We're going to take a break so we can both get to a better spot and respond to each other with love and respect. And that's a different thing than yes. that, too. And I think what's interesting, um, they didn't say this from a Christian view. I just remember thinking about this. Time out. The reason why that works is because you're you're assuming there's a connection there, that they will want to get back to you, mm. that over time they will want to do whatever it takes mm. to make it right. Mm. And um, if you're in a hard place with low resources and somebody casts you aside and to your point says, hey, come on back when you've got it together, well, that's a whole lot of pressure on an already... And they may... The person that needs the sense of connection the most... Mm has the least access to it, you know? But I also think the hardest, this is where I'm going to be really vulnerable. I think the hardest part about this, because this goes back to, I think all of us are pretty tapped after the last year and a half or two years. Um, Even if we used to be patient, and I'm three kids in, I feel like I've gotten less patient with each kid, you know? Um, Is that I think realizing our resources are limited. Mm -hmm. We have a bucket, we wake up every day. Hopefully if you've got a good night's sleep and whatever, your bucket is replenished. Um, And then with your decisions, your choices, things that happen, literally you can picture stuff coming out of the bucket. And I've taught my kids this, right? And so with with the pandemic, with all the things, things have been going out of our bucket faster than we can possibly. And so then I have to, as an adult, be responsible for my bucket. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I can talk to God about that. Mm -hmm. I can pay attention and I can ask him. So I've been doing a lot of reading. I think we're going to talk about this a little bit more too. I've been doing a lot of reading and just soul searching about um, when I can't choose empathy, it's usually because of uh, my bucket. Mm. It's usually because of how fractured and stretched I feel. Most of us would want to do that. We're just not in a good enough spot ourselves, And so really, if I want to do that more for others, then I really have to start with myself. Yeah. And is there anything about connecting with Jesus or being aware of his presence or anything like that, that you feel like this is how the Lord is like teaching you this new way in terms of his presence with you? Yeah. I, I really ask him to make things really clear to me. Mm -hmm. I'm like highlighter. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing I've, I've been saying no to more things, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to continue to say no to more things, good things, mm-hmm. um, because I'm really picturing kind of a circle in my life. And again, just becoming more aware of those my resources that I want to be uh, more present 
in inside that circle um and i can't do all things for all people yeah Um, i think just too many of us just grew up with that kind of idea and i don't think that's healthy and i don't think it's from god right um but i think it you know and so um I heard Andy Stanley say one time, and I, you know, do for one what you wish you could do for many. And through COVID, when I didn't have access to so many people or whatever, we kind of adopted this, like, you know, Jesus, if you put somebody in my path, I'm going to try to be above and beyond generous whenever I can. Um, And so it's been really cool, some of the stories and different things of um, just literally asking God, have somebody bump into me, you know, like I will... But trying to be, I think that's the other thing is I think in this distracted, hyper-connected world, yeah. that's, that's the ironic part. We've never been more connected, quote unquote, but we are completely stretched too thin and we're not deeply connected. And our soul longs, I'm going to cry, mm. our soul longs for deep connectedness. Yes. So ironically, I'm not, it's not that I'm anti-social media or internet, ironically, all these tools and technology in our in our culture, all this time we're supposedly saving is coming at a cost of um, connection for ourselves, to our kids, to God. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, again, it's that space. It's creating that space and inviting God in. And it's really hard. Our, our smartphones have programmed us mm. to need to be distracted Yeah. Um, yeah every second, right? And mm-hmm. so um, I had somebody um, say, Care, act like you're talking to a friend. Um, I think I'm very harsh sometimes on my own mind, and that's not from God. And so um, it would just be like, hey, if I'm trying to spend time with God and my goal is deeper connection and, um, you know, I've got this great new app that I'm doing and I'm in, in, you know, my brain starts to wander 15 seconds in. Sometimes your gut would be like, oh, I'm failing at this. I'm terrible. You know, you just immediately kind of go to versus, oh, isn't that interesting? My brain, Mm -hmm. you know, went over there. That's okay. I can bring (laughs) it right on back and I can save that for later. It's this very like play by play, gentle response to myself. It's like coaching yourself up, like what you would say to somebody else at your healthiest point, say to yourself. Yeah, which is empathy. You, you know? were exercising empathy right. for the fact that you right. wandered off and wanted to come right. back again. Because, you know, and um, so I've been reading this great book. Um, it's called Deeper Work by Cal Newport. It's not a Christian book, um, uh, but I think there's a lot of Christian principles. Um, and then he has another one, A World Without Email. But in both cases, I think what I've drawn to is these are key for me because if I want a deeper relationship with God and a more ability to minister deeply, I have to call out and um, become less fractured. And mm. so I need I need principles and, and different things to help me do that so that I can be more available. Yeah, yeah. Well, so as you're learning to like pay attention to this and there's this change happening in your life, like is there a few moments that you could say like, wow, I can see how I ended up being different with someone and and what that meant to them that you had a different capacity growing in you. Yeah. Again, I don't want anybody listening to this to think that uh, I've got it all together. I nobody does first. Right. And um second of all, I think the other thing is our kids and God are very gracious. Mm. And if they see us making an effort, a sincere effort, they don't care if we mess up. Right. It's when we don't own it or we seem to be saying one thing and expecting something else. And so, can we get emotional about this too? Like last night, my daughter kind of had a hard night and um, like we just kind of gathered around her. And again, I just said, hey, this isn't really the time for fixing it. Like, 
what what do you need? What can we do? Well, she has a certain kind of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I've trained her well. <laughs> certain kind of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. And my husband, you know, he went out and got it. When we came back, we put on a favorite movie that was kind of a go-to. I gave her my favorite blanket. And you know what? We didn't solve all the world's problems. But she woke up this morning in a completely... But if I had tried to fix in that moment, I and I think the other thing I heard somebody say is, when we keep fixing for people, we're actually telling them we don't think they and God can figure it out. Mm. And so instead, you're holding the space. And all I did last night was I kept saying, you, you and God are going to figure this out. We've gotten this far. And tonight, is it okay to be sad and frustrated? And, you know, tonight we're just going to be in that. And we're just going to feel all those feelings. And tomorrow's a new day. And tomorrow... You know, I think you'll have one step, one idea of how we can get. But don't worry about that. I just kept saying we are not worrying about that tonight. That's not what tonight is for. Um, and so, again, not perfect, but I can just tell you I had a much more connected kid. Right. Um, and that woke up ready for a different kind of right. day today. Right. I mean, empathy creates hope. Right. And, you know, going back to that book and the stuff that I've been reading – Yesterday, I had really worked hard on being realistic about what I wanted to get done, where the pockets were, um, and the idea then that I had put those tasks to bed. So when she started having a hard time, I didn't have running, oh my gosh, I have 18 more things to do, because I had, I had been putting some of these things into practice, and when those thoughts came up, because they do, it, you know, oh, but you could have gotten this done, oh, you know, because hey, our work goes with us everywhere now. Um, I was like, no, this is the most pre- this is the most precious moment. Mm-hmm. This is the moment, you know. So I think reframing too that things like I work, I do these other things so that I can have these moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, right. and I'm going to protect them. Right. You right. know. Right. Akira, I just I'm so thankful that you were led to talk about this because one of the things I appreciate about what you said is that you're aware of how the Lord is like highlighting things. And, and highlighting over time, like a long mm-hmm. period of time, um, your experiences, graciousness in that and his wisdom in that and the layering of that mm-hmm. over time. Um, you're sharing it with your family. You're sharing it with your friends. Like you're getting support from authors from like all kinds right. of places, including yes. the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I also love that you're willing to talk about it when you've, very much feel like I'm very much in process here. Like sometimes I'm capable of taking in all the gifts I've been given and I'm capable of living into the Lord and sometimes I'm just not. Right. And I could already name for you like a couple times this morning where I didn't go back and apologize to some people. So by no means, but I think that's the difference of learning how to recover, go back and own it quickly. Yes. I would say, hey, this is how I'm working on it. And sincerely, you know, this is how I'm working on it. Like, yes. Um, not just a quick, I'm sorry, you know, like, this is how I'm working on it, and this is why it matters to me. Yes. You're a person, you're a human. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, and that, um, that that confession piece and that um, acknowledgement and that receiving the forgiveness of, of another is also an important part of the empathy process. Mm-hmm. Like, as you're learning to give it, you're also learning how to receive it mm-hmm. from others and ask for it from others. Um mm-hmm. In a way that, like you said, most people want that connection. If you're offering up ownership, they want to come in and connect mm-hmm. with you and give you empathy. And right. It's such a beautiful right. thing. We're wired for that. We yes. are wired for connection, but you know, we'll accept a lot of shallow forms too. Mm-hmm. Um, because I will tell you that that empathy piece—it's intense. Yeah. You know, there's an intense connection. 
Um, but I also think once you've experienced some of that, it makes the other seem not as enticing, mm-hmm. you know, right? Like, like for what it just doesn't do, you know, absolutely. Um, over it's time, so lacking, right? Yeah, you can see the lack, um, and you don't need as you don't need as much, right? Um, so right, um, the bucket's a little fuller, right? Right, and it stays a little <laughs> yes. fuller, you yes. know. Um, and I think I just want to end all this because I feel like God just gave it to me. Um, you know, Nehemiah, there's this part like complete rephrasing. But basically, you know, he has this thing he's doing for God, right? And people keep coming up to try to talk to him, whatever. And if I had to rephrase it, he keeps saying, like, I'm doing a good thing. Like, I can't come down. Mm. And so I think as Christians, for myself, I'm saying this to myself, and you can hold me accountable when you see me, um, is it's okay to be focused and to try to do a couple things well. We don't, I don't think a lot of times have permission. And then it's okay to say some other people can come pick up these pieces Mm -hmm. if I just if I just say no, really with graciousness, with love, but mm-hmm. no, really, yeah, I, I'm doing this good thing. Mm-hmm. This is the good thing God's given me. And, um, Jackie Reese said years ago, she would wake up in the day and ask God what her priorities were for the day. Like, and so I've kind of been doing that too, as I move my post-its and my note cards around and, and I look for my holes in my day. I've been asking God besides just the practical things like, Hey, is there something in this I'm missing? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, and he'll bring things to mind. Right. Right. Um, it's true. So, yeah, and I think the last little bit of encouragement that I want to offer is we, as we step into the fall, some of us are stepping into new groups where we're going to be relating to people around what's going on in our spiritual lives. Some of us are going to be in groups we've been in for a long time, but I, I hope you hear the invitation to risk telling a little bit of your story that feels like this thing that's just beyond mm-hmm. you the Lord's helping you with and and to you know risk drawing on the prayers the love the compassion of the people in your group to help support you in a very real change I that God's s- I so agree with that I think I've been in groups where it's been done well and groups where it hasn't you know we probably all have um but and, and now I've got a son off at college, but God reminded me this again too. At some point, somebody has to go first. Mm. Um, and so that first risk, that first whatever to show I don't have it all figured out, which is so ironic because the Bible, the whole message of the Bible is that we need Jesus, right? <laughs> right. Um, and so it's just ironic that in our circles where everybody there says they know that sometimes that's the hardest place for us to be real. Yeah. Yeah, and we're learning. We're learning yeah, how to we're do, learning, that, right? and do that differently. And to trust people and to look at them and say, I'm asking, I'm trusting you. Yes. You know, yes. with this information. and um, But to be bold in that. Well, Kara, thank you so much for spending this time with me today. It's been a joy to talk about this stuff together. I loved it. And I'm happy to talk to anybody. Yes. Anytime. We, yes, please approach Kara with um, anything connected to this um, conversation that we've been having. And she did mention a couple resources, so we'll have yes. those um, in the show notes if you guys want to And I also thought that Sharon, uh, Shauna Newquest has a present over perfect. Mm. Um, and then I think we've, we said that this has been mentioned before, but the, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Yeah. I think those are two other Christian resources. Yes, both great both books. Both great books yeah. with well-known people. Yes, yes. Okay, thank you. Thank you.